Amen. Good morning, Burlington, Vermont. And all other parts of the world, I guess. It's really great to be with you this morning, right on the heels of this thing sticking in my face. I've really got a big mouth, so typically I don't need this, but um, it's really great to be here. Uh, I love this church a lot. I, you know, I grew up in Essex Junction. Yeah. Uh, I was born in Michigan, 59 and a half years ago, and I moved to Burlington, Vermont, when I was three years old. 1959. <laughs> Getting old, can't think that well. And I uh, moved to Essex in 1960 and uh, lived there until I left um, in 19 something. <laughs> 1977, 1978. All right. And uh, so I've been back and forth. I, lo- I love this place. I, I would kind of like to live here, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes over the years. Uh, you know, this is a great time of year. It, it, I, I really like this time of year because Thanksgiving comes, and it's a time when I really like to reflect on the year and think about what I'm grateful for. I suppose some of you do that as well. Uh, and then, but then Thanksgiving comes, and you get stuffed up on turkey, and you get really tired, but then you have to start thinking about the next year to come. Yep. And so you start to you start to plan, you start to reflect, you think about, okay, well, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? And, uh, you know, I'm a great country music fan. I, never, I used to hate country music um, when I was a kid living in Vermont. But then uh, I spent a lot of time listening to country music, and country music is great because, because honest... Heartfelt feelings and thoughts get put down on paper and then sung. And so I've entitled my lesson this morning God is great. We're going to leave out there is good, though it is. And people are crazy. Have you ever felt like you're crazy? I have felt like I was crazy a lot. And currently, I'm feeling a little crazy. You know, I think you, you go through stuff in your life and you go, it's not supposed to be like this. Life is just not supposed to be like this. Am I going crazy? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Am I going crazy? Yeah. This is whack. Like, is there a guy? Is there even a God? Because this is crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. My life is not supposed to turn out this way. This is just flat wrong. How can this be? Probably everybody on earth, raise your hand if you've ever felt like that. Yeah, 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 a lot of hands, a lot of hands, and the rest of you are liars. Because we just, that's what happens. Life doesn't turn out like we think it ought to. Way too frequently. You know, my, I lost my wife two years ago, December 27th. Uh, she was sick for five years. She was flat out on a massage table. And then she died in my arms in the bedroom. And I thought, it is flat not supposed to be like this. Today's her birthday. 
Uh, but, you know, I just go, it is not supposed to be like this. This stinks. Where's my faith? What's this God thing? Anyway, what is up? Stuff happens to us in our lives. And we wonder, goodness, am I crazy or is this something wrong here? We wonder, what's up with God? And we get, we get going like... And we do crazy things. We think crazy things. And we act in crazy ways. And you know what? We're not alone, are we? And when you're going through it, you're sitting there and going, I am the only one. I am the only one that is like this. What is wrong? And then we, we go to, what is wrong with me? And then we just crawl into a hole. And we sit in a hole. And it's just hard to live sometimes, isn't it? We think the world's against us. We think we don't want to be a part of the world. You know, I recently came to grips with the fact I thought, I, went to, I, was, I was reflecting on this last year. And I've come to the conclusion that I am unnecessary. I am just completely unnecessary. My wife's dead. I don't have anybody to support. My kids are all adults. I have three children. They're all adults. 25 and 23. They, you know, if I'm gone, it doesn't even matter. Because they'll be fine. They probably... Think they're f- be finer if I were to die because they like I have life insurance <laughs> and mom's not around to control the money. <laughs> so they think, whoa! See, people are crazy. I'm crazy. You're crazy. Thank goodness we have the Bible. Thank goodness we have the Bible that just that it's you know often it's been referred to. As God's love letter to man. And I think it is. But I think it's more man's story. It's a story from Adam and Eve all the way to John the Apostle who was exiled on the island of Patmos and we saw visions and we got the book of Revelation. It tells my story too. It tells yours. It describes who we are in our country music place. In the heart. It gives us insight into how we think, how others think, how people think, because people are crazy. It gives us inspiration. It gives us comfort. It challenges us to be somebody who we're not already that. that you know, we're not that. Sometimes we like to act like we're that, but we know we're not. Because we're crazy. It gives us a view of who we can become. If we're willing to embrace it and chase it. You know, more and more our world is becoming a matter of perception. What is viewed frequently, what people want us to believe as truth, is actually just perception. Happens on TV all the time. 
They want us to believe there's something that they're not. Do we do the same thing? Do we try to make people believe we're something we're not? At some level we do. Fake it until you make it. As long as that's a faithful fake it. Heard the song Riser. It's like my theme song. I'll fake it till I make it. And I'll pray to Jesus till He rolls away the stone. Whoa, that's deep. Because Jesus and God are the ones that are going to bring you to that place that you're faking like. I always said, being a Christian is the greatest life on earth because you can actually become the person you'd like people to think you already are. Amen. What do you trust in life? Where do you, where do you glean what you're going to believe in and what you trust? What do you trust the most? Take stock. I trust what I feel and what I think. That's my natural tendency. What do you trust? Trust what you feel? you think that's the truth? Do you trust what you think? Because those can be two different things. Lots of times I think something and I feel something else. And you know what I think then? I think I'm crazy. I'm with you, bro. I got a Do you trust what you read in books the most? Do you trust what you get off the internet the most? Lots of people look stuff on the internet and they read the they read the first thing and they thought they they think they've done research and then they spout it like it's the truth because they trust it. Holy smokes! Do you trust what other successful people tell you? The most. How to lead your family. I don't know. Do you trust the TV? Do you trust people with money? This world trusts people with money the most. Because they want, they think they have influence. Or you trust the person that says the most stuff that you agree with. The most. That's crazy. You know, we're all on a journey. God has had God placed us here and we're on a journey. Some of us live in other places, some of us live in Vermont, but we're all on a journey. We're on the journey that God's put us on. You know, we learn, we grow, we process, we we go through crazy times and we go through sane times. We go through times when things are going great, we go through times when they're not. And our brains remember it all. And our subconscious creates what we believe to be reality. We process everything, processes through our mind, and we arrive at conclusions about the way life works based on all of our experiences and the filter we put them through. We conclude... What we believe. And then we act on it. And we make decisions based on it. For me, I decided I'm not necessary. So, I didn't even realize that I had decided that I wasn't necessary. So I was sitting around and 
for anybody who's known me for any period of time, I look a little bit more like Kristen than I do like I used to look because I've gained a whole bunch of weight. She has a reason. I don't. Except that I'm crazy. Because I just... I was just decided I was going to, I'm a bump on the log. I'm not necessary. And it's kind of freeing in one sense to know that I'm not really needed anymore. And everybody goes, no, 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 no. Well, in some sense I'm not, but that's good because that's the way God designed it. But in another sense, I could, I could, there's still stuff I can do. Yeah. What am I, crazy? What does your faith tell you about you? Not what your faith tells me about me when I say all these crazy things, but what does your faith tell you about you? That's the question this morning. We all act in accordance with our faith. The faith that we have about the way life works. We can think there's no God, but we still act in accordance with the way we think that life works. If you've never read the Bible before, not even a word of it, you act based on the way you think things work. If you've been studying the Bible, I just crossed over 30 years, which is more than half my life now. Holy smokes. Come on. That's more older than you are, period. End of story. That's old. Wow, that's old. Forever. Behind me, right? Making sure you're behind me. Hopefully you always will be. Are you looking for the truth? Say, you know, we, we process this stuff and we, 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 we come to conclusions in our brains about what we think is true. And we just act that way and we're sure. Sometimes we find out that we're not correct, don't we? Yep. Ever found out that you thought something that, and all of a sudden it, you went, dude, that's not even true. Like when you got mad at somebody and you thought they were like down on you and and you go and you tell them and they go, "Are you crazy? I think you're awesome. I don't. I'm sorry. You learned that something you thought was true is really not true. Yeah. And you sat there all night last night and you like you spun a yarn." About how much they hated you and what a jerk they thought you were. And I find that 95% of the time, when you get offended, the person who offended you never meant it, not even a little bit. But you thought it was true. So where do you get your truth? Do you want the truth? Romans! For everything that was written in the past, Romans chapter 15, verse 4, don't turn there, turn to Numbers 13. Okay. For everything that... Because I'm just going to read a passage that tells about Numbers 13. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. Teach us. So that through the endurance taught by the Scriptures, 
and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So, everything we read in the Old Testament was put there on purpose to encourage us and teach us to endure. So, we're going to read some stuff about something that happened in the past that was there meant to teach us. Amen? So, in Numbers, so we're in Numbers 13. So, running up to Numbers 13, man's doing his man things. Man's doing his crazy things. You know, we got Adam and Eve in there and they eat the apple, the pear, the whatever it was, the fruit from the tree and they get in trouble and Adam's saying, yo, it's the girl. <laughs> crazy. Cain and Abel, that's, that's as messed up as it gets. Yeah. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, man's doing just everything in his heart is bad, and God is just fed up, and He says, "I'm just gonna wipe them off the face of the earth." And he says, "No, no, no, no! I'm God. I can't do that. That's crazy." So He has Noah build the ark, and everybody thinks Noah's crazy. See, everybody just goes on and on and on and on crazy stuff. So, and then we get to Abraham. And Abraham is perfect. He's the father of faith. God says to him, Go to a land I will show you. And the Bible says, Very early the next morning. Holy smokes. Talk about trusting God. I got a pack. I got a, I got a, I got a closed bank. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not ready to go the next day. But Abraham's ready to go. Abraham is the father of faith. If you read Hebrews, what a great guy. Incredibly perfect. So he's on his way. He goes into all these lands. And Abraham gives his wife to the king to be the king's wife. That's crazy. But then he does it again. He does it two times. And he's the father of faith. Holy smokes, this guy's nuts. But he keeps trusting God. How do we do? You know, lessons in there, huh? Yeah. And then God says, okay, well, okay, next story we got to create here, Abraham, so those folks in the future can can read and learn, right? Because we're supposed to be learning. I want you to take your son and I want you to kill him. And Abraham says, Okay. Sounds good to me. Very early the next morning, he packs him up, puts him on a mule, whatever, and he heads up to the mountain to kill his son. And he's not even thinking that God's crazy. Because he trusts Him. God saves the boy. Amen. Can you imagine if we had to read that he actually killed the boy? Can you imagine if we had to read about a father who had his son killed? Can you imagine how crazy that would be? Ah! Wow. People don't believe it. Do you trust? Wow. 
Then you got Jacob. Jacob's awesome. You know, he wrestles with God. He's a prayer warrior. And he raises a great family. He's, he raises 12 sons. What a great family. You know, and they are, the, they, are, they are the leaders of God's chosen people. And they sell their baby brother. Cool! That's what I'm talking about! Righteous, godly people! Their dad was a prayer warrior. He trusted God a lot. Raised these kids that get ticked off at their brother and they sell him. Man, crazy, huh? Just like us. Crazy. But then God proves it by having, having Joseph does all this organizing stuff in Egypt and he's a big deal. But before he could do all that, he got to go to jail for like nine years, 13 years, something like that. God was using the guy. The guy was close to God. He was all alone. Ever felt all alone? He's all alone. Woo! Crazy. Tough to be all alone. And what's really cool is you don't need to be. You're all alone because you want to be. That's crazy. That's crazy. Can you imagine how strong Joseph could have been if he had another friend? But imagine, just think about how strong he was even without one. Incredible. Incredible. Incredible lessons there. Because remember, everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. So that through the endurance taught by the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So then all of a sudden, through Joseph, God saves Israel. And they all truck on over to Egypt where they have food. And bada bing, bada boom, they're slaves. Perfect! They're slaves. They went there to be saved and they end up slaves. for lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of years for a really long time. So God raises up another guy. He raises up Moses. And Moses kills a guy, runs away, comes back because God sent him back. And God says to him, okay, go tell this guy, the most powerful man in the world, to let all those slaves go. And Moses says, well, that'll go well. He says, I don't think so. I, don't, I can't talk. little excuse action. I don't know how to talk. So finally, God says, you need to do it. And he says, okay, we'll do it. So he goes and does it. Reluctantly. But he goes and does it. Right. And the Pharaoh says, okay, no sweat. No, he says, are you out of your mind? Are you crazy? And Moses is thinking in his heart. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> right? Can you, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, how, wh- why would this guy let us go? But Moses keeps coming back time and time again. And we know the story. Nine plagues, right? Nine plagues. Some of them, the Israelites were blessed and they got to participate in them. 
And some of them, God distinguished between the Egyptians and the Israelites because He said, these are my people. And they did not go under the plague. Good news for the Israelites. So finally, the firstborn, God God kills all the firstborns. And then they say, dude, you guys need to get out of here. Get out of here. We don't want to see you anymore. So 600,000 men, plus women and children and their livestock, pack things up. It says that the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way at night, but guide them on their way, and at night a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. That must have been cool. Yeah. Yep. Another kind. Of, this is crazy. This is awesome. This is the way life is supposed to be. So off they go, and and they gave them all their gold, and they gave them all sorts of stuff to like usher them out. Get, get, scram, get out of here. Then the Pharaoh like comes to his senses and he says, "We're not going to be able to like the whole construction industry is like down because they don't have any bricks because the, there's nobody there to build the bricks." So he says, we're going to go kill them. Saddle up, boys. Let's go. So off they go and they go chasing them. And then all of a sudden they say, ha, 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 they're headed toward the Red Sea. We got them. And the Israelites are like, they can't, they can't really tell maybe it's the Red Sea because they have the cloud in front of them. Maybe that's, maybe that's it. Can you imagine what's going through those 650,000 men's minds? Thinking, oh, no problem. God's going to take care of it. No, no, that's not. I mean, if you read the the history of Israel, those guys are just like us. They're just like us. Am I crazy? What's going on? This is nuts. So then God opens the sea. And they went through, the Bible says they go through on dry ground. It's like, I, I would think that, I mean, just opening the sea would have been enough of a cool thing. <laughs> that I would, have, I would have slogged through all the mud that was at the bottom of that thing just to, just to look up and go, can you believe that? This is nuts! But they went through on dry ground. Egypt keeps coming. We got them now, boys. They follow them right into the sea and God closes the sea right over the top of them. Woo! Talk about cool God. That, that makes you just want to go do something great for God, doesn't it? Yep. Makes you just like, you see God do these incredible things It makes you want to run out and tell people about God. So now they're in the desert and they're safe and sound. And they're thinking, this is the greatest thing. We have this great God and we can have celebrations. Instead, they just start whining. Yeah. Dang, they're just like us, aren't they? They start whining because they don't have water. So God whacks the rock in water. Oh, wow. Water. Water. So they were just celebrating because they had... No, they're whining because they don't have food. So now doubt from the sky comes manna and quail for food. And they're thinking, oh, this God, this God is great. No, they're not. They're just thinking, man, i got to store some of this stuff. 
They don't do what God says to do. Why? Because they're operating on their own thing. They're not operating on God's thing. And we wonder why things are going crazy. And then God like etches this the Ten Commandments and twice because the people are crazy. And Moses gets ticked off. Incredible stuff. Then God takes him to Canaan. The land flowing with milk and honey. Just like He said He was going to do. Now we're getting to numbers. So, can anyone name... So, well, no, no, let's say, no. So, so the Lord says in Numbers 13, chapter one, verse 1. Didn't ever think I was going to get there, did you? The Lord said to Moses... Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. Can anyone name me two of those guys that went out? Joshua and Caleb. Can anybody name another one? No. Why? Because they were all crazy. <laughs> Why? Ah. So they come back, and Caleb says, It's just what he said. Mm. Come, on, come on, Caleb. <laughs> Caleb says, It's just what God said. Mm. Flowing with milk and honey. It's beautiful. The hunting is great. The land is fertile. We can do the crops and stuff. And we can have an incredible life. It's been a tough couple of months here. The Lord has really like given it all to us. He's blessed us in incredible ways. We ought to go take it. We've seen it all. So then, bang. Caleb silences the people when they come when the spies come back. Twelve of them from the twelve tribes. Caleb silenced the people. Numbers 13, verse 30. Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Why? His truth was based in what God said. Not what he thought or felt. Or they said on TV. I'm pretty sure they didn't have TVs, but they might have. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack these people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said... The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. I don't know if they asked them, Say, dude, I'm feeling like a grasshopper. Do I look like a grasshopper? 
you ever feel like a grasshopper? You look at things and you go, I don't want to be a grasshopper, but I sure feel like a grasshopper. I've had several times in my life when I felt like a grasshopper. I feel a little bit like a grasshopper now. You know, I, I, I was inducted in the, the Hall of Fame thing a couple of weeks ago. And it was, it, was, it was very humbling to be remembered a lot of years later. <laughs> you know, my mind and my heart are still right there on the money. But my body is saying, uh-uh, are you crazy? <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Lots of awards, all that stuff, yada, 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 yada. But I never achieved the greatness that I wanted to achieve. And now I really believe as a disciple, I'm, going to, I'm a world champion. I'm a part of the kingdom of God. My body works like it, it, not, very, not very good, especially I look like Christian. <laughs> and well sorry sister. I'm not trying to pick on you I think it's great kids are great as long as never mind I love my kids my kids you know anybody knows my kids I, my kids are great I'm really glad they're 25 and 20, 23 I have 23 year old twins I'm really glad. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You can, you can have it. Hold those babies. And, but I love being a dad. But I don't love being as overweight as I am. I'm overweight because I look like a grasshopper in my own eyes. I, I've, had, I've had a brutal time trying to figure out what my life's going to be like without my wife. You know, when I think about I want to go help people to become disciples. I want to study the Bible with them. I think I'm really good at studying the Bible with people. And I want to study the Bible with people, but I don't know how to meet them anymore because the only way I ever met people was we brought people into our home and had dinner with them. So I think, well, I'll get some people to come into my home. I said, wait a minute. I can't cook. I can't clean the house up and work. I can't, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And so I'm crazy. I'm not listening to God. I'm just being a grasshopper. I'm thinking, there's not much use for me anymore. I mean, there's stuff I can do. Like I would tell myself, you know, you ever have these discussions with yourself where you, you really feel this negative thing about yourself and then you say, but this positive thing? But what you really think and feel in your heart of hearts is the negative thing. But you just throw the positive thing in there because you don't want to feel like like, I'm a complete, utter disaster. But you're really feeling sometimes like you can be a disaster. I I feel that way. I don't know. What do I do? Other stuff I can do, but this is crazy. Back and forth, back and forth. So I eat. I don't exercise, which I love. Crazy. Fear. Told these guys, you can't do nothing. You can't you can't go conquer that promised land. God said so, but <clears throat> they thought, there ain't no way. The Hebrew writer tells us about them. I'm not going to read that. 
Are you a grasshopper in your own eyes? I know you are somewhere in your psyche. Some people it's right out front. Some people it's way down deep. And it's okay to be a grasshopper as long as you don't remain a grasshopper. Because you can become ungrasshoppery and then you know you do a little, you're cruising for a little while and then what happens? Uh, boop, 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 you go right back to being a grasshopper again. Right. But if you keep conquering the grasshopperness, right. <laughs> you actually can become great. Because I bet you money that Caleb felt like a grasshopper at times. Why? Because people are crazy. Everybody. Everybody is like that. We're not alone. We're just like them. But some people decide, I am flat not staying here. And like for me, I'm going, this, this, I'm sitting, watching, having dinner last night. I had a beer, because beer is good. And I'm trying to decide what to eat. And so I had a bowl of chowder. And I said, you are crazy. You're sitting there and you can feel it. Pushing against, i got my fat pants on, and I they just barely got on this morning. <laughs> thinking, you're nuts. So I got up early this morning and I started. I said, doggone it all. This is over. This is done. Forget it. I got up. I put on my clothes. I went outside. I walked around. I'm thinking, you're, 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 you're. I was, I was dying. I met my wife. I met my wife in 1981 and I was running Eight miles a day, and I was running sub sub six minute miles, and and now I'm like, I can't even I can't even <laughs> I can't even walk to the back of the room in six minutes. <laughs> grasshopper, you're a grasshopper. You're never gonna you, you're not gonna be able to change this. You've been doing you've been fat for a long time. You can't do this. Come on, you know, you're going to do this for a week maybe if you're lucky. Because it's getting cold. It's probably going to snow. and Oh, man, forget it. Why bother? You know what I think I ought to do? I think I ought to not go out and I'll go down and have breakfast. <laughs> and you're thinking, you're an idiot, Carl. You're not just crazy. You're an idiot. But we do that to ourselves, don't we? We just talk ourselves into the mess. Instead of saying, no, God's got something better for me. Yeah. Who do you want to be this morning? Right. Right. I don't know. What do you want to be? You want to be a good parent to Caleb. You want to be a good parent to whoever's in there. <laughs> you do. Yeah. But you're going to feel like you're a rotten parent Sometimes. at points. But you're not. Just listen to God. Amen. Just so you can be anything you want to be. Yeah. You sure? I'm sure. You can change. Amen. I was a complete derelict. You know what's interesting is that where I am now is where I had been because I was an athlete. 
In, in high school, I was kind of all everything. In college, I just played soccer and baseball. Soccer, I was all everything. And then I went on, I played professional soccer. And then I came out, I got hurt, and I got cut. And I went from being a man to being a grasshopper. And I got depressed, and I got down, and then I got a job, and I felt better. And then I left my job, and I got worse. And I got fat. Something I'd never been in my life. Because I felt like a grasshopper. I was telling myself lies that are just not true. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Are we free this morning? Jesus said, I'm the way and the life. I'm the, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through Me. If you really knew Me, you will know My Father as well. From now on, you do know Him and have seen Him. Have faith in God. Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, this grasshopper, this whatever... Go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart but believes that what they will say, what they say I should really be wearing my glasses but I'm way too prideful for that. <laughs> How crazy is that? Truly I tell you if anyone says this mountain go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart but believes what they say will happen it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. And it will be yours. And then you will stand praying if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. Just throwing this one on the end because that's where it is. If you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in Heaven may forgive your sins. I'm, I'm not going to be like this anymore. Amen. You know, there's a reality that says, you know, it's pretty freeing to know that you really are not indispensable. Right. You know, when my wife was really sick, I felt like I was indispensable because nobody could take care of her like I could. And there's some probably some truth to that. And she needed me to be there, so I wasn't really worried about dying. Now, when my kids were really young, I, I felt like they needed me around. Crazy as I can be sometimes, they really need me. So, I felt good about that. All that is gone. Every bit of it's gone. And I'm not really needed, and that's pretty cool in one sense. As long as you realize, okay, so now what do you desire to do with your life? And I realize that, you know what, that's always been true. What do I want to do with my life? I get to pick. I want to do something for God. I don't know how I'm going to find that, but I'm going to start walking across the Red Sea and I'm going to truck my little bottom right back across the desert and I'm going to look for the manna 
I'm going to pray for a quail. I'm going to kick rocks and hope the water comes out. And then when the promised land's there, because I'm going to rely on God, and you know what that does? It builds my faith. So that when I get to that promised land, and I see, dang, that's a big one right there. Like, say, a spouse dying. I'm able to buck up and believe in God and not just fall apart. Because I practiced for a really long time. Following God. Trouble with my kids. Trouble here. Trouble there. Losing a job. Going wicked in debt. Finally getting out of debt. And then losing my wife. You know... uh, Today's her birthday. and I, I was driving up here thinking about it. And I'm thinking... Shoot, this is the thing we were just loving to do. We get to go to Vermont and be together. and But she's not here to do it with. So, whoa! Grasshopper? Or still got some useful life yeah. left in me. Journey's not going to be smooth. I promise you. I promise you the journey won't be smooth. So, if you need to have it smooth, this isn't the journey for you. But I'm also going to make you another promise. If you decide not to do it, the journey won't be smooth. (laughs) Hello! Come on, God. Joshua chapter 14. Probably really late. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, guys. No Joshua 14. This is this is one of my favorite passages right here. I'll probably cry because I want this to be me, and I want this to be you. Amen. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land, and I brought back I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day Moses swore to me, the land in which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, He has has kept me alive for 45 years. Do the math. Since the time He said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. He did it for you. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised to me that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as He said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. If you've never studied the Bible before, don't know anything about what it's about, I beg you to study it. It is a story of man. It will turn your life around and it'll get really hard if you don't do it you're going to go through life and it'll be really hard 
That is just the way it is. Yeah, it's not fun, but it's funner. The it's funner being a disciple. If you're young, quit sitting around. Quit sitting around. You think you know? Waiting for old people like me to lose some weight and get going. Go get going. What do you want to do? What do you guys want to do? Yeah, come on. Look at this. How fun is this? How fun is this with this many people in the room? Woo! What do you want to do? What do you want to do with your life? Who do you want to be? Write it down. Oh, that's scary. Write it down. Or type it down. Type it down. Okay. Thumb it down. I don't know, but get it down. And share it with somebody. You don't have to share it with everybody. Share it with somebody. If you've been around forever, Caleb's a man, huh? What do you want to do? What do you want to be when you grow up? You know, I feel old. I'm not very old. I'm pretty old. But I've got some time left if I take care of myself. This morning I was thinking, I could stink and die of a heart attack. This is unacceptable. Come on, Carl. Have you ever felt that about your life? Yeah. What did you do? Old folks, time to rally, man. Time to rally. We are the chosen people. We are the light of the world. We are city on a hill. All of us. Let's do something. Let's not be grasshoppers. Let's be God's people. Held out to do great things for Him and to enjoy the ride. Together. Because when we try to enjoy it by ourselves, it doesn't, it's not so good. It's not so much fun. But it's really, really cool when we're doing it together. Amen. I love you guys. Sorry to go so long, but you're awesome. Love you.